0: So good morning everybody and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. Each week, the doors of this building are opened and the building itself, I sometimes imagine, is welcoming us in. We travel, don't we, from places in our own individual lives and we gather here together creating a space in which to be. In this space, may each of us feel free to be who we truly are. May each of us feel safe to face what we need to face. May each of us be strengthened to explore new heights, new depths. So let's declare this day that we are resting on holy ground, that the Earth herself holds us And that the living energy of our planet and indeed of our universe is flowing through us as it flows through all that exists. On this day traditionally known as New Year's Eve, the last day of the year, let's imagine ourselves on a threshold. A moment in which to pause, to take stock and reflect perhaps, knowing that this is the only moment there is. The future is unknown, the past is done, and we have the gift of now. Of each breath, each moment. So I invite you to take a conscious breath or two, or three. A chance to let go of anything we are ready to let go of. A chance to breathe in. That which we wish to welcome into our lives, as I welcome you this day. Push it in from you nice and strong. That's it. I know how strong Tyler is. very much. So may this simple flame burning brightly remind us of the one light that shines upon us all, the potential of one light shining within each and every being, and the unique gifts that each of us bring to this world. May our gifts be used for the greater good of all and may our chalice flame remind us of connections the world over.
1: So, excuse me, this is a blessing from Joyce Rupp, and apparently some people here um, attended a workshop with her uh, a few years ago, some years ago, and impressed, were impressed with her gentle and clear presence. In this reading, she's created a blessing for the new year, and I wonder if any of its images sp- speak particularly to you. We've printed it to the, to the reading, in the, it's on the pink sheet in the um, order of service, so you can take it home with you the sort of reading some of us like to return to. I found myself smiling at the line in this blessing that hopes in the year ahead that you look in the mirror at least once in a day and smile in happy amazement. Yes, thank goodness I'm still me. (laughs) A New Year Blessing by Joyce Rupp. I hope for you in the year that lies ahead that the single most significant dimension of your life is your relationship with the source of goodness that never ceases to sing love songs to your soul, that you find meaning, purpose and vitality in how you live each day, that you treasure others and let them know how valuable they are to you, that you make choices and decisions that reflect your truest self, that you look in the mirror at least once a day and smile in happy amazement, that you remember connections are what count above all else, more than work or money or all material things we spend so much time tending, that you live in an uncluttered manner, enjoying the freedom to be content. That you keep your sense of humour when things don't go the way you want. That you find adventure in each new day and marvel at the wonders of creation, which constantly present themselves to you. That you never give up on yourself when others turn away or do not understand. That you are attentive to the health of your body, mind and spirit. That you take risks and accept the growth that you take risks and accept the growthful challenges that come to you, that you draw on your inner strength and resiliency when you are in need, that you carry peace within yourself, allowing it to slip into the hearts of others. So our planet becomes a place of greater joy, love and acceptance for all.
0: So we uh, enter a time of prayer and reflection now. So let's join now together, quietly, as we each connect with something greater than simply ourselves, be that the God of our hearts and our understanding, a sense of oneness with all that is, our higher self. Aware of each of us in this room and the common humanity that we share. Aware of the individuality within which we live, yet able in times perhaps such as this, perhaps to melt a little, to be reminded we are part of something greater than ourselves our little lives part of something infinitely greater perhaps comforted by a whispered message from within that tells us you are not alone whatever grief or joy you carry this day whatever secret hope or shame is yours know that it is not yours alone Whatever you carry that is burdensome, offer it up. Do not suffer from an illusion that you carry a burden alone, or that any experience is unique to you, because every path has the footstep of others upon it. Only the particular step, the gate, the movement in the dance. Only that is uniquely yours. That particular gift and flavour you bring to this remarkable adventure called life. So let us pray for the turning of the years. For years old and new. For humanity's hopes and disappointments. May we, each of us, find ways to set aside our disappointments, lay them to rest, and to nurture our hopes, with steady resilience reminding us change is possible, and that the search for greater justice in our world is a task we carry. A responsibility we hold with gratitude for the gift of life we have. And as we offer up our own life issues, let us offer to the issues of our world, for they are too great for any of us to carry alone. So let us hold in our hearts and offer up to a power greater than ourselves the unbearable suffering of people in our world. Especially those caught up in conflicts. And this day we might think of those in Syria and Iraq, their neighbours in Iran, the people of Afghanistan who are yearning for peace. And all those for whom life is frightening and a struggle, may this day all beings find at least a spark of peace within each of our hearts and a greater understanding of the the part we can best play in this mysterious thing called life. And so may this be. Amen. I am very grateful to the internet for all the rich resources that it brings me. If any of you ever want to lead a service here, you just come up with a title, you just type your title in, and then all these interesting pieces of writing emerge and feisty characters I've become very keen on certain blogs, and um, Mickey Scott Bay Jones, who's written this invitation to brave space, is worth reading. Um, again, we've put it on that um, hymn sheet for you to take away because this is um, yeah. There's there's a lot in a reading like this, and it's worth saying I think that everything that we say here, we don't expect you to agree with. But actually, the the idea that we all have opinions and that we're entitled to our views, as long as we're capable of hearing other people's views too, I think is really worth pondering for the year ahead. So see what you think of this. Invitation to brave space. Together, we will create brave space because there is no such thing as a safe space. We exist in the real world and we all carry scars and we have all caused wounds. But in this space, we seek to turn down the volume of the outside world and we amplify voices that fight to be heard elsewhere. We call each other to more truth and love. We have the right to start somewhere and continue to grow. We have the responsibility to examine what we think we know. We will not be perfect. This space will not be perfect. It will not always be what we wish it to be, but it will be our brave space together and we will work on it side by side. Words from Mickey Scott Bay Jones. And that's leading into our more meditative time of this service. We're going to hear some lovely music. Thank you for for that in advance, Benji and uh, Sandra and then there'll be some short words of meditation and that leads into a a lovely good three minutes or so of silence held together. So you might want to put down anything that you don't need to hold on to or hold on to anything that you want to hold on to and settle, settle for a while. as we uh, stay in this quiet still time together I invite you to think of, of these words nourishing what does it mean to nourish or to be nourished perhaps as you're following the gentle rhythm of your own breathing and allowing that to take you inwards The the very idea of being nourished by the air we breathe. The wondrous chemical cycle with all that lives on planet Earth that keeps us here alive and well. I wonder what nourishes you in life Not just those breakfast cereals, however important those are. But all the nourishing other nourishing aspects of life. Knowledge. Being alive on the planet. The touch of a hand. Inspiration. There is so much potential for nourishment in life. And indeed it is the source of life. For nourishment implies growth, and growth implies change, and the cycle moves ever onwards. So in these time few minutes of stillness and silence together now, I invite you to think of the nourishing That you do, and the being nourished. Cycle of life. The the next hymn we're going to sing is number 36 in the purple book. I'm going to suggest that we stay seated for this, um, particularly because after we've sung each verse and a chorus, there's going to be a line almost of prayer which reflects back on the words we've just sung. So it'll be, sing a verse, sing a chorus, listen to a a line of prayer, sing a at the end, it finishes with a prayer. Thank you, Sandra. So we're on number 36 for everyone born, a place at the table. <coughs> live in a world marked by injustice, a world with great divides between those who have and those who have not. is not fair, a world where people are treated differently because of their gender, their race, their social class, because of who they choose to love and who they find themselves to be. live in a world where children are dying for lack of food, water and simple medicines. A world where children are denied the chance of an education. A world where we imprison far too many people and give them far too few chances to turn their lives around. Let us work to get together to create a world of justice, a world of freedom, a world of love, and may the task of creation begin with us. Okay. Nourished by good company. I feel I have been well and truly nourished by good company this winter season here at Essex Church and today is the last service in our monthly ministry theme of hospitality and the message today is a simple one that we are nourished that our well-being is enhanced by our connections with one another. And a church community like ours can be a workshop, if you like, a possible place of experimentation and exploration, a place where you can meet different people and get to know people you might otherwise never meet in life. A church can't be a safe space, though we do our best to make it so. By its very definition here in the UK, these Sunday services are deemed as public worship, a concept enshrined in law. Everyone is entitled to come to our services. Now this gives us some tax advantages by being a church and I'm prepared to discuss those with people after the service if you like, but it means that we can't have bouncers on the door turning people away because we don't like the look of them or because we fear they won't fit in. We have every right to make rules and guidelines about what is acceptable behaviour. But that's very different, isn't it, from creating a cosy little club where we all pretty much think alike and look alike and live similar lives. I invite you to think back over your time as a member of this church perhaps or some other community you belong to, even the neighbourhood in which you live perhaps. And I hope you can think of some connections that you've made in those circumstances with people different from yourself. I mean, the list of, different, of possible differences is endless, isn't it? It might include different age groups, people from different countries of different gender, different sexual orientation, different relationship status, very different ideas of belief and faith different educational backgrounds, races, colours, political views, and social class, widely varied economic situations, different health issues, the list could go on and on and on. When when you think about church or another similar setting where you've met a variety of people, I, I wonder what particular groups of people you've particularly enjoyed getting to know. Um, as I think about working here at Essex Church, I've learned a lot from working alongside professional musicians. Um, it, I never knew your lives were so hard, and still I started listening to your stories of pain and challenge caused by ministers and others. And when I, when I first started attending a, a Unitarian congregation back in 1990, I really enjoyed meeting people older than me and hearing their life stories. And now I'm an older person and I'm so chuffed if someone younger asks me about what it was like in, in the old days. <laughs> you might have met my grandson, Zach, who was here earlier on. Um, and, um, we have jokes periodically about whether or not we had televisions when I was his age and I explained that we did have them but they were quite small and very huge at the back and they were only black and white and then there were only two channels and computers existed but each one was so big that it filled a room and it couldn't do as much as my phone can do today. There are there are lots of advantages to being more hospitable in a community like ours. There are advantages for us already here, we're nourished and our experience of community is enhanced by meeting new people. And I like to think that Kensington unitaries is a, is qu- quite a healthy community. Certainly a community with a good heart and in which case it will be a nourishing place for new people to join. And being part of a community like this can be really growthful and life-enhancing for others. So we've got to ensure that our welcome for newcomers is, as a, is a healthy welcome. There are potential pitfalls for any of us to trip into when we're welcoming someone new. And I think we are starting to learn bit by bit here at Essex Church what those pitfalls might be. And an awful lot of them stem from our own minds and the assessments and judgments and assumptions that it's completely human to make. So I'm grateful to everyone who is helping to educate me and others on assorted issues. Grateful to everyone who's keeping alert to their own assumptions and practicing more thoughtful ways of getting to know someone and then practising that great skill of simply saying sorry when we make a mistake. Just tiny examples for us to ponder. How might we ensure that someone who has no spare money, no spare money whatsoever in life, doesn't feel embarrassed when we pass a collection bag round in church? I know it's a small thing, but it's not actually a small thing, is it, when you really have got nothing to put in that bag? Or what words of welcome could I use to include those who might otherwise feel excluded because they are part of a group that isn't here at the present? In what ways could we help one another to reach out to those whose lives are so different from our own? The the Christian and Hebrew scriptures have plenty of stories about the importance of welcoming strangers hospitality being an essential tool of survival in a desert landscape. Do you remember the story of Sarah and Abraham warmly welcoming three travelers who turned out to be angels? And that lovely line from the book of Genesis, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing some people have entertained angels without knowing it. And of course, that imagery from that story is expanded in Jesus' famous words that I've been repeating for the whole of the last month when we've been looking at hospitality. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. For me that's the theology of welcome. The idea that something of the divine is found within each of us and that when we welcome someone from the heart, whoever they are, however they challenge our particular worldview, we welcome another aspect of God into our lives. And it isn't easy to be truly welcoming to all. Go a little deeper, in most relationships and challenges appear but by creating this as a brave space, a space in which to experiment and explore, by allowing ourselves and others to blunder and make mistakes, by daring to ask gentle questions of each other or even some fierce ones from time to time, by paying attention to our unconscious assumptions about other people, by telling and listening to one another's stories of life and by being intentional in our community building, by committing ourselves to the idea of church as a two-way space, a space in which I can both give and receive, by learning one another's language, if you like, because indeed it is as though we live different, through different languages. So I really think we are fortunate indeed to have this community of Kensington Unitarians and this space of Essex Church in which to be together. So let's aim together to deepen and extend our welcome to all in the year that lies ahead. And we might even be visited by some angels. You never know who might be around the corner. (laughs) Amen. Daniel uh, Holman writes that hospitality enables you to joyfully make room for another inside your open heart. So let us be people who are open-hearted in response to life. Allowing love and goodwill to flow more easily from one to another. Recognising the common humanity we share knowing that in the Feast of Life there is more than enough for everyone. Let us make a welcome for one another in our open hearts this day and all days. Amen. Go well and blessed be.